Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show where each week we're joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one-day contract to join the show. One Day Contract is a proud part of the Riot Network. Follow us on Twitter at the Riot Network to stay up to date on all of your favorite pods. Subscribe, rate, and love us where you get your podcasts. My name is Nikki Wolf. With me, as always, my bestie, Josh Klein, editor-in-chief for the Riot Report, and it's still morning, the end of the Man Hurts Hive. Moment of silence. That's as long as I could be silent for. That was all I could give you. Um, I usually, we well, not even usually, basically since we started, we went virtual. The uh, one-day contract theme song has been REM's It's the End of the World as We Know It. And you know, it really does feel that way today. You know, feels more like the end of an era. Like we'll know the Carolina Panthers history as B-E-O-M-H and a... E-O-M-H, that's B for the end of the Man Hurts Hive. And after Man Hurts Hive descended to Jacksonville. Live on, Bold City Brigade. You got a good one down there. Blocking tight end, a guy that'll get one target every three games and maybe catch it and immediately fall down. It's, you know, we're going to miss you. If you're listening, Chris. I wonder who the Josh Klein of Jacksonville is down there that will fall in love with him. Somebody handsome. I'll tell you that. That's for darn sure. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Our other cohort in this madness, Colin Hoggart, columnist and contributor for the Riot Report, and still believes in the Hornets that they can make the playoffs. I like it. Optimism. Yeah. Yeah. They won't, they won't probably won't be hosting the play in. Uh, game now maybe they can still be in the play-in game though I like that I like that Josh do you have the same optimism you know what I really want them to you know what I was thinking today and this is gonna get us off track immediately is um I was thinking that I used to be such a positive sports person like just like I used to be like you know what this is gonna things are gonna happen this is gonna be our year no matter what like I was always like you know what I think Jimmy Clausen maybe like Jimmy take the wheel you know like (laughs) it's like that like it's ready like uh, he he he's a steal in the second round like these kind of these were the thought I was like you know what Matt Moore he's been kicking around the league a little bit but uh he's got the talent to do it and you know what it is is I feel like if I didn't constantly look at Twitter and yell uh, the responses to tweets at my phone, instead of tweeting them, because I don't really tweet angrily. I have a rule where I don't go back and forth with people more than once. But in my head, in my real life, I will get mad at people on Twitter and then be like, this is freaking ridiculous. And then you put me in front of a microphone and I have all this stored up angst and energy and negativity in my head that's directed at like Brian 08746 who was like, oh, I can't believe we let Mike Davis go to Atlanta. And it's like, you know what, dude? Mike Davis is a good running back and deserves to get a good deal. But this team has a lot more needs than paying their backup running back $3 million a year. They probably shouldn't have done it last year. But you know what? They had to have Marty Herney say, oh, well, we've got to win a game. Then we got to win as many games as we can in 2019. So it's, this is the kind of negativity, so I am trying my best to turn all this around, and I'm going to edit all of this out, so we'll never even hear it. Positive energy. Let's go. LFG. 
Positivity in the moon, baby. I feel like I say that at the beginning of every episode. And then 15 minutes in, I'm screaming about the backup left tackle. <laughs> I, will, I will time to see when you fall off your wagon there. of The wagon of hope, we'll call it. Mm, the WOH. <laughs> well, on the one-day contract this week, and he'll be joining us a little bit later. We actually don't know when. He's just going to pop on. We, we record this via Zoom. So it'll be as much as a surprise to you guys as, as to us. So... A little later, it'll be Jimmy Traina, host of the SI Media Podcast and author of the Traina Thoughts column on SI.com. He's going to join us to talk a little Greg Olson in the booth, the art of breaking news on Twitter, and all kinds of ridiculous nonsense because at the end of the day, it's still one-day contract. It's going to be, yeah, the Wagon of Hope is going to pull up shop at the Traina Thoughts Depot and uh, pick up some nonsense. Ah, that was that's also going to get edited out. Can we, I just, a lot of editing today. It's just going to have to happen. Just to clean up one thing. We do record this on zoom, not on zoom. <laughs> we failed iPod competitor. I had a zoom once in the back of, of the day. Of course she did. Uh, you know what? I, I like a, I like a bargain and it was like $40 cheaper and 50,000 times worse than an iPad or an uh, iPod. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't even know anymore. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was yeah. iPods, right? Definitely iPods. Yeah, yeah. With the click, with the click wheel. I used to have mm-hmm. the click wheel. In fact, I think I still have it. I can see. I can see. I do. You guys keep all of your old electronics? I yes. do. Yeah, I, I have like them all in a drawer, in a drawer. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna go get mine. He's actually <laughs> he's actually doing this. I really hope Jimmy pops on right now. Don't yeah, mind, Josh. Right? He's getting iPods or iPods. <laughs> He went to go find all of his iPods that are in a drawer somewhere, apparently. <laughs> Is this oh. part getting edited out as well? I hope. Nope. I No, this, this part's staying in. This is going to be the video tease where Josh comes back with a drawer full of crap. So I have this. I don't know if you guys ever consider me a professional photographer. I've got this camera. Looks like it's a KR5 Super. <laughs> cover. Pretty nice. Here is an iPhone... Uh, looks like an iPhone zero probably. Um, here's a, look at this baby. This is, this is clutch right here. This is an iPhone still has the clicker, the clicky button. Can you hear that? Not America. Definitely not an iPhone. Who lied to you? That's not an iPhone. That never. Did I say iPhone? That's an iPod. That's an iPod. Here's another iPhone. That guy's, you know how they've made the iPhone smaller to like fit? This is the original one that they went with that one. Um, oh, baby, here we go. Look at that guy. Wow. Yeah, look, listen to the click. I mean, the clicking is legit. Like, it's really nice. And it's actually nice. pretty small. Nice 30-pin uh, plug in there at the bottom as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look at the plug. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just in case you're hooking up a serial printer or something. Later. It's the opposite of the lightning plug. It's the thunder plug. Look at those. Look at those guys. Those are ridiculous. Oh man, good stuff in here. What's this? Man, just a lot of, oh, two different pairs of binoculars. I'm not sure why. <laughs> is is Manhurts in there? Like what else is in this, <laughs> this cemetery of electronics? Okay, see now this is like a shiny camera. So this one looks like it's, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty good. So this one might've been purchased in the last few years before our phones became much better cameras than any of these. Then we got a lot of batteries. Um, I like to keep a lot of batteries, so. 
I like that your basis for that camera being good was because it's shiny. <laughs> Look how shiny it is. Well, when you're when you're comparing it to this, <laughs> this is not shiny. This is the opposite of shiny. God, I wish this would turn on. Or that if I had like, a plug somewhere. That looks like the remote I have to turn the ceiling fan on in our house, by the way. That's what I thought you just pulled out. I was really hoping that whole thing was going to end with like a Tiger electronic baseball game. <laughs> that actually still worked. That no, was, it's, it's like once I became an adult at some 80 gig iPod and 60 gig. Pretty good. I mean, you can literally like, you could put 60 gig in the in like the palm of your, literally in the palm of your hand, right? Like on a shuffle. Yeah. 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 There's one thing I know that it's that there's it said nobody, everybody stopped listening when I, when I left to go get a drawer full of old electronics. We're trying to keep this thing afloat. That, that there's nothing but quality music, nothing but quality music on each one of those. It's just Dave Matthews. It's all Dave Matthews all the you time. Know there's it, nothing baby. else. You know it. That's it. All right. We don't even need a super important question because we had electronics talk Josh <laughs> don't worry guys we won't bring this segment back what what well, maybe I, mean, I don't only, know maybe I, I can go to my week, attic next when, time <laughs> next, time next week tune in where Colin pulls people. out a drawer yeah <laughs> <laughs> it'll be old video games though all right we'll, we'll we'll rework that for for a future episode so let's just jump right into free agency signings <laughs> be, it'll be another segment where it's like which what do you what what device do you think that this charger goes to and it'll just be like me holding up a wire like what do you think about this one what do you guys think man we are so good at podcasting it's ridiculous it's great panthers it's podcast <laughs> We're jumping into free agency. No more electronics talk. We apologize to everybody. Panthers made some free agent signings over the past week. So let's start with Gettleman once famously said the Panthers were shopping at the dollar store. So what store were they shopping at this week, would you say? I would have to say with the exception of Mr. Reddick, they were shopping at five below. Oh, okay. Oh. All right. What, what exactly is five below? Just for some of us that don't uh, – that don't get out very often. Well, the difference between five below and, you know, the NFL five below is $5 or below versus mm. $5 billion or below. Do they stick to that at five below? Because the dollar store, sometimes you see stuff in there that costs more than a dollar. Sorry, was that was I supposed to be on the enforcement committee? Was I <laughs> was supposed to be out there regulating the five belows? That's their name. I don't know. I'm not familiar with their merchandise, the layout of the store, how, how, how much they stick to that idea. And it's like the Dollar Tree where anything can go. You just put dollar in there as a lie. Yeah, Karen Klein over here just got mad because something was $6 <laughs> at five below. Where's the manager? <laughs> I'm going to tweet about it. What's the male version of Karen? There is one, right? Well, Darren is what people have been working on, right? <laughs> he was on the show. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, I think that uh, – I think I would say, like, Aldi's. And I'll say – and I'll tell you why. Because, like, most of the stuff at Aldi's is, like, off-brand. Like, instead of Honey Bunches of Oats, it's like, look at all these bunches of oats. Uh, but they um, – yeah, that, that one could be a segment. Okay, we could have <laughs> yeah. named generic sodas and, and cereals. Dr. Thunder instead of Dr. Pepper, you know? Like, those, that, that's most of what they have at all these. But, like, every now and then, you'll be walking down the aisle, and you'll be like, what is that, truffle oil for two ninety nine? And it's, like, a nice brand of, like, something nice. 
That's what they found. They got Hassan Reddick, and it was a steal. And it was like one of those things where it's not going to be there every time. You can't if you go back to Aldi's, that 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 uh, that Starbucks chai latte. That's not in that coffee aisle anymore. It's all just like Forgers and uh, and Seattle's worst and stuff like that. So these are my parody. The coffee parody names that I'm coming up with off the top. We don't want to offend any potential sponsors for this particular episode of this podcast. Apple, if you're out there, I just gave you a bunch of shine on how on how timeless your products are. Um, but I, I think that, you know, it's not they're not it's not like buying groceries at the worst possible grocery store, because I, I love all these, but um it's it's not like you're not at Whole Foods. They're not at Whole Foods. They're not doing what the Giants are doing, which is just like, yeah, you know what? Uh, well, <laughs> let me buy all my meals at the hot bar. Like, I'm gonna eat. Uh, yeah, you know what? I, I will have a full pizza from Whole Foods. Like those. Like they're not making those kind of decisions. Um, but I, I think that they did find some good bargains, and I'll be interested to see what uh, what you guys think about them. Let's just jump into him. You mentioned Reddick. Does he fit in here? At Carolina? Yes. I mean, I think that when you look at um, – when you look at Hassan Reddick, he was able to – the reason – one of the reasons, not one of the reasons, the main reason why he was so much better last year than he was in the first few years in the league, they allowed him to go back to his natural position. They stopped playing him like an off-ball linebacker, and they started playing him like a, a, like a pass rusher like a guy that wanted to get to that could get to the quarterback on a consistent basis. We actually, we had a, um, a press conference with him yesterday and I in true off season form was muted before my question started. But when I asked, I, I asked him, you know, what was the big difference? Cause I wasn't, cause it couldn't have been that easy of just like, they just put me back to natural position. And he literally said, Oh, that's easy. They put me back to my natural position. It was like, Oh, Oh, well that like, what were they doing before that? Like, why did they, why were they playing him at the wrong position? And when he could pull together 12 and a half sacks and, and, and again, I'm not going to be, I'm it's, we're on the wagon of hope. So I'm not going to be negative this episode. 12 and a half sacks may have been a little bit deceiving. Um, he did have five of them in one game. And, uh, and he also had the same number of quarterback hits than F, as F.A. Apata. But um, all that being said, this guy's a natural pass rusher. And when you look at him as a natural pass rusher, when you put him on the opposite side from somebody like Brian Burns, what you're doing and next to somebody like Derek Brown, what you're doing is you're making offensive linemen, you're making offenses choose who they're going to double team. And if you're not going to double team Brian Burns and you're going to leave Hassan Reddick one-on-one, he's probably going to win some of those one-on-ones. If you want to not double team, if you want to double team Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick and leave Derek Brown one-on-one, Derek Brown is probably going to win that one-on-one. So it's like you're you're just making them make all of these consistent choices, and it has appeared to me that the coaching duo of Matt Rule and Phil Snow, in the argument between what comes first, coverage or pass rush, they seem to be limited or leaning very heavily towards pass rush. Yeah, and I think that that was generally the agreed upon assumption. Then you know Belichick started building teams from the back, you know, forward. And then people started believing that that was the way it's been done forever, but neither here nor there. Um, sorry, I went Rosilla for a moment. <laughs> Hassan Reddick is interesting to me. I, Josh, you, you, when we talk about him as a pass rusher, do you think he's like taking the spot of like, gross Matos on third down or is he going to be, is he going to be coming from a linebacker position? Um, uh, I, I don't think, I think they used 
YGM that way because he was missing so much practice and they kind of just like they wanted to just let him out there and do what he did best rather than like try to I think it was kind of in the same vein as what they were doing with Brian Burns early in his career early in his career when he was a rookie and they were they didn't want to necessarily like hey you haven't been able to practice let's not make you drop back into coverage you're only going to be playing 50 percent of the snaps you rush the passer when you're on the field and I think that Hassan Reddick can drop back into coverage um, Brian Burns showed a lot more in terms of dropping into coverage than I thought that he was going to be able to do um, it was one of the reasons why I think he was so successful last year um, but I, I think that they are going to use a combination and all it does is just make them that much more multiple, which uh, is something that, you know, every coach seems to say, but Phil Snow really does seem to believe it. He wants those guys, the 11 guys out there for the defense to just be like, I, we don't know what the hell they're going to do when they come out of the huddle. I, I think that's one of the most appealing things, you know, uh, for me looking at this defense, that idea of, you know, you talk about chin in the middle and then you're adding guys like Reddick and you've got Burns. Like the idea of just having this swarming defense with this speed sounds really appealing. My concern becomes what is the like the total weight of that the defensive front? Are they going to be too light if if you're going to be utilizing him in those types of spots um, opposite Brian Burns specifically? But I'm excited about it. I think he adds he certainly adds something to this defensive front. I also kind of don't know exactly how to feel because it's because it is a one year deal. Um, so it's like you know deploy him, use him at what he's good at. But is he actually something that's going to be a part of this this group going forward? I know he says it's a perfect fit. Um, how does that change in a year when it's free agency time again? Well, I think that the idea for me, if I was if I was Scott Fitterer and I was Matt Rule and I was Phil Snow, I would say you know come in here and obviously do will will put you in a position to succeed and when you succeed will then pay you like a successful edge rusher but we can't pay you at that top level and i'm sure he and his agent did go to other teams and say hey i want 15 million a year i want to get the same deal that that these other guys are getting and teams probably balked at it a little bit i'm he said that he had had some some good offers and he chose to come to Carolina, but I don't think he he's given up $9 million a year to come and play with Phil snow. I but I do think that maybe one or two, maybe, but at the same time, I think that they can, especially with the salary cap going up next year, we know there's going to be more room on the books that you can say, Hey, come in here, pay 6 million. You'll get familiar with the, with the system. And then maybe we'll get you paid next year. Is I don't know this and I should know this. If he's here only for one year, can they franchise him next year? And just in theory, just yeah, to, they uh, could. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, the other thing to think about is that if he does so, like, they're they're in my mind a one year deal like this is kind of a win win in the modern NFL because if he goes out there and he is bad, then okay, well, uh, thank you very much. We, you know, leave your playbook at the door. If he's really good and you're able to bring him back on a team-friendly deal or he knows the defense, he feels more comfortable, whatever, hashtag team-friendly deal, uh, then that's, that's also good. Or if he leaves and signs a huge three-year, $42 million contract somewhere else, then you get a third-round comp pick. So there's like, there are three different scenarios with this one-year deal, especially in a year when you know that the cap is down and you don't have a lot of money to spend. You were one of the teams that had some money, but you still it just like – just because you had the seventh most cash pace in the league doesn't mean you have a lot of it. So uh, th to me, it makes a lot of sense what they did um, in terms of Hassan Reddick. Now, some of the other moves they make, 
I have some quibbles with, but we'll get to those. Yeah, and and it is to to note that you know the cap went down, so the cap's smaller, like you said. Also, these guys are seeing that this new TV deal is just getting done, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But with that money, the the promise of that money too, the incentive, the players are actually incentivized to sign short deals right now, even though it is still the NFL. What does that stand for? <laughs> Not for Lawongo, I think it was. Wasn't <laughs> <laughs> sure were... if it was trademarked or anything. Not didn't... for Lamelo. No. Oh. Oh, sorry. Aww. Wagon of hope. Wagon of hope, you guys. <laughs> sorry, we we weathered there for a second. Still gonna be really good. Still gonna be really good. <laughs> There were a couple of depth offensive line pieces. Are the Panthers done on the offensive line now? Here's where I would like to raise my quibble. And <laughs> that's what I kind of figured we were leading into. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they're done on the offensive line. Um, and When you uh, say done in free agency or done as in the draft? Well, I, I, they're definitely not done between free agency and the draft. Agreed. Um, a thousand percent. Like if, they're, if, they're, if, this is, if these are their only two moves <laughs> – Jimmy, Whoa. take the wheel. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, one thing I think is is before I know I, well, I don't know what Josh is going to say. I think we've got an idea what Josh is going to say. I I'm interested to see what this coaching staff and what um, you know Fitter look at on when it comes down to Sundays. How many offensive linemen are they actually looking to dress, or are they looking to dress a, a lower number perhaps than we have in the past? Offensive linemen typically pretty healthy within uh, an individual game, so. Is you know if you go down to a smaller number, can you add guys like Elfline and Irving that play multiple positions and fill that role while neither is getting paid starter money? Yeah, well, if they're not getting paid starter money, but are they going to be the starter? That I mean, that is really the question. To me, I actually didn't really have a problem with the Elfline signing. I know it kind of got panned because he has a low PFF grade and he didn't really play well at guard whatever like he's a he's kind of a replacement level interior lineman to me and well, i think okay i think that there were maybe some other options out there that they could have gone with in fact not maybe there were some other options that they could have gone with but ultimately this is a, it's what a 3 year 6 million dollar deal and i don't think it's very i don't think it's very guaranteed after the first two so it's like it's how much year deal yeah how much higher than the hashtag vet men it, did he really get not that much. And, and yes, could they have waited a little bit? To me, the timing of the signings is what kind of drew the ire of certainly of hashtag Panthers Twitter. Sorry, I don't know why I keep saying hashtag before everything. I'm, I don't want to be this guy. I want to be the hopeful guy. I don't want to be the hashtag guy. Um, uh, but, I, but because they came out with like Cam Irving and Pat Elfline, immediate signings, it kind of drew that, like, what the hell is going on? If you had reversed the the polarity of the signings and Denzel Perryman and Hassan Reddick had been the guys that they announced on Monday and then Cam Irving came out Thursday, I think everybody would have been like, oh, okay, like depth offensive linemen, sure, they they still got a lot of work to do. And they still do have a lot of work to do. I th- I hope that they did not make the kind of mistake with uh, Cam Irving that they did with Steven Weatherly, which is that they said to themselves, well, this guy in our system is going to be better and we're going to pay him uh, enough because they didn't pay him very much. They backloaded this two-year deal. And I- I'm a little bit afraid that he is going to not play very well in 2020, 
one, which is next season. And then it's going to be like, well, Cam Irving, only 5 million dead cap when you release him. That's my worry. Yeah, I mean, that, that's real. I, one thing about almost all of these signings is a lot of them you wish were coming from internal. Like for the, the spots that they're filling, you wish that these were guys that you brought along for a couple of years. And obviously when you have a transition, you're not going to get that. So I do think that some of this is, you know, just, just backfill. I'm not as concerned about the money, particularly with Elfline and, and Irving, but El, Elfline is a guy that has, has not found a home yet at a position. And that's what concerns me when you're signing a guy that's 27 years old and it was like, well, he was great as a, as a center, his rookie year. And then they moved him to guard left guard and he, well, he wasn't great there. So they scattered him over to right guard and it wasn't great there. That that's the part that um, is, is concerning to me there. But I don't think these guys, these are short term deals. These are back of the roster type deals that only are getting attention because they aren't signing people you know, like you said, and the timing of it, but I think they went in and said, we have to address the offensive line. We'd like to do it at this certain price point, and we need to go get the guys that we can do it at that price point as quickly as possible. And it was, it, it had to be their number one priority going in. So people didn't like the, you know, they didn't like the store that they shopped in, but I think people do have to appreciate the fact that they went out there and did go get offensive linemen, like we said they needed to. Yeah, I, I like again, just like we've said it before and I will continue to say it. I think those two signings are fine. I think the other signings they made were good, some some of them even great, but like you have to make these fine signings. Like that's what that's what free agency free agency is about filling holes and the draft is for drafting is for bringing in stars. If you're bringing in stars through free agency, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Say so I think well, I don't be careful with that one. Um, not via the, trade. The second, the second round, I do think, I suspect they will be looking offensive line there in, in the second round, provided, of course, there's no pick mobility, which there, could, there certainly could be. Um, I, I don't, I think they're going to address uh, offensive line in the draft, but I don't necessarily know that they're going to do anything else in terms of free agency um, to shore this up at this point. Yeah. I mean, essentially they have their starting five right now. Right. I guess it's Cam Irving, Elfline, Paradis, Miller, Moten. And it's like, well, and that's the other thing too. You're always the guy that points to the Moten thing. This week you didn't do it. This week you didn't. Moten's their big free agent. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Every deal totality is less guaranteed money, less money than what Moten's getting for this year. So everybody should be that should that should help to serve to to guide people where the value or you know how much value is being placed on these guys. Great point, and I'm glad that you attributed it to me. Uh, that the Panthers have spent the position they have spent the most on has been offensive line. You just don't think of it because the most of it was a one-year franchise tag. And if you count that, that's four. If you counted him into this crop, that's four of the 10 signings have been offensive linemen between Miller um, re-signing today with them as well. And Trent Scott, who started half the season for them at left tackle and was serviceable. He wasn't, I mean, don't get me wrong. Wasn't, wasn't great. But he was – I mean, he was a left tackle. Like, he was out there. Well, and don't we have to get used to the idea that – and we don't know how this is going to play out with Fitter, but we might have to get used to the idea that this is going to be a cobbled-together offensive line like it's been in Seattle. Not everybody thinks you spend big on offensive line. And Seattle's one of those teams that people view as a model organization that did it with, you know, defensive linemen from state for some of the years. You know, so, like – this is this may be what we we get, and I'm not saying they would turn down a, a left tackle. At the same time, there could very well be a ten year plus Hall of Fame level left tackle sitting there at eight, and that seems like it is completely off the table. See, 
Hmm. I, I was so, I was so on the quarterback thing, but now like, and, and I think this is totally a, the, the off season is too long because I may have swung back a little bit around to the idea that a tackle might be on the table at eight, but, and I, and I hold fast to my idea that the Carolina Panthers will not be drafting with the eighth pick. I don't know whether they're going to go up, whether they're going to go down or whether it's going to go all the way to Texas, but I do not think that at eight, the Carolina Panthers will be on the clock. We're not doing draft today. So we'll talk nope, about no draft today. Wagon of hope all the way to free agency. That's right, baby. Wagon of hope. Next stop, Rashawn Melvin. What you dragging in that wagon? <laughs> hope. <laughs> and Rashawn Melvin, apparently. <laughs> that was mean spirited. I don't know why I did that. What? Yeah. Well, Rashawn, if you're listening, so I'm sorry. sorry, but Rashawn is like, you know what? I'm going to check out what's going on in Panther World. I'm going to check out the, um, I'm going to check out some of these Panther podcasts. What do you got? I'm going to Google it. And they, and he comes across the old one day contract and he's like, Hey, one day contract. That sounds nice. Oh, Jimmy Traina. I love him. Writes that, that funny column on, uh, on SI, uh, talks crap about Stone Cold Steve Austin. I love it. I'm in. And then all of a sudden 40, 32 minutes in, here comes a shot. Boom. Right across the bow, Rashawn Melvin. Hope you were ready. Some people will know how much you edited out. Uh, our, <laughs> Another guy we got to talk about, Denzel Perryman. This guy, he's a great player. He's the kind of guy you like, except can he stay healthy? The NFL season is getting longer, and he has not been able to survive uh, a single NFL season basically to this point. But a good player, as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's just a question for, um, like, whether or not he can stay healthy. And it's like I don't think we're going to have a repeat of last year where everybody was ready to – you know, be mad at the inside linebacker by week two. No, I don't. I do not think that will be the case. But uh, I, I think that, you know, if Denzel Perriman can get – if they can get 15 games out of Denzel Perriman, um, then, and then I think their, their defense – their front seven is going to be uh, fun this year. You know how, uh, like, I, I think there was like a two-and-a-half to three-hour period on Twitter where people hated the idea that the Hornets were being described as fun. But this defense, I think, is going to be a little bit more fun than, than, than they have been over the past few years. Are they going to be good? Shrug. But are they going to be fun? Yes. We're all about the fun here. Your thoughts on Dan Arnold? Because he's the tight end of the future for the Panthers. Colin, what do you think about Dan Arnold? Because I have some thoughts. First of all, you can't teach tall, and he has learned. <laughs> this, team, this team was lacking red zone targets. They've got a big red zone target now. Um, it, it, this is the guy, a tight, another one of these tight ends that doesn't like to block, uh, but likes to catch balls. So we'll see how much he can stay on the field, but a, a good red zone target. I feel. Yeah. They need third, third highest, uh, passer rating among tight ends, according to PFF when targeted, I believe it's 128.9. Pretty impressive. Yep. 128.9, uh, with a minimum of 40 targets. So, um, I mean, when he gets the ball thrown his way, he catches it. And I think that this team was desperately lacking, just like you said, desperately lacking a red zone target. Um, and this may provide it. I think maybe folks may have gotten a little bit too hyped up about Dan Arnold that scored four touchdowns last year, but it doesn't matter because I'm on the wagon of hope. So red zone, salt. 
Yeah, and it depends on what you ask him to be. You know, like, if are you asking him to be the number two red zone weapon? It shouldn't be, certainly not if we're considering paying DJ Moore what he's going to command, and you have Christian McCaffrey. So if he slots in there as your third, fourth, fifth, you know, red zone option, that's that's exactly where he should be. You know what I wanted to add, and this probably doesn't fit into this episode, but who the hell cares? There was a point last year where, where uh, Matt Rule said – that DJ Moore needed to be the guy that matches up with the number one corner and wins on third down and wins in the red zone. That's what they need DJ Moore to be. Do you think that DJ Moore was that last season? And do you think that he can get there this year? Oh, this is a, make me the bad guy here. Okay. My, my big issue with DJ Moore as a, as a number one receiver is going is critical efficiency. Is that ability on third down? The, the real reality is, Curtis Samuel was more of a third down weapon last year than DJ Moore was. And you look at some big spots and I know everybody wanted to hate on Teddy Bridgewater, but you look at some of those big spots and DJ Moore, not running the optimal route, not running the right route at the right time. I mean, these are the moments if you're going to pay a guy to be that guy, he's got to deliver in those big spots. Just what he was excited to hear about was an in-depth look at DJ Moore. Jimmy Trena, the welcome to the show. How's it going? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. We're popping you on. Great. Yeah. Um, what's, uh, what's going on, man? How are you? Pretty good. Hanging in there. Nice weather finally coming to New York here. So uh, it's changed things a lot when you're in the middle of a pandemic. It helps when you can go outside. Yes, absolutely. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Um, we wanted to we wanted to bring you on. Um, you are the host of the SI Media podcast. Obviously, you um, you write Train of Thoughts, which was one of the uh, like I started reading the column, and now I look forward to it all the time because the idea that you could just get on there and be like, you know what, I have these. I literally, I'm just going to write about the things that I like, and you could really get that in the. Uh, in the column, what are you, what are you burning on right now? Like what's, what's going, give us a sneak preview of what the train of thoughts are. Well, I mean, the much more interesting stuff is the stuff that I don't write about that I can't write about. I mean, I said this on Twitter a couple of hours ago. I I can't, uh, I, I am beyond intrigued and fascinated by the Deshaun Watson story. It's so bizarre and so weird. And you have to be really careful talking about it because there's a lot there, but either he is one of the biggest monsters we've seen, or this is one of the most unbelievable setup um, plots that we've ever seen. I mean, there's really no in between at this point with 14 women as of today, accusing him of inappropriate behavior, sexual assault. I think there's a mixed bag of it. Um, And obviously he's claiming his innocence. I mean, you know, 14 women is significant. There's all this bizarre stuff with the lawyer, his neighbors, with the Texans owner, and all this comes out after he demands a trade. I mean, it's, it's, people are, I think, you know, sitting back on it because we don't know a lot of the details yet, and that's a good thing. But whenever this ends up all coming out, it's going to be probably what will end up being the biggest sports story of 2021, I would imagine. Jimmy, as one of the teams that's been talked about more, you probably as many as anybody connected to Deshaun Watson, people have found themselves on one side of this. And then all of a sudden, this whole thing blows up. I mean, we were hearing for 
months that this guy is exactly what you want. He's great in the community. He's great on the field. He's everything you want. And then it's like, hey, we want this guy. And then you're like, wait a minute. What am I signing up for all of a sudden? Yeah, I mean, listen, there's a lot of, like I said, every detail of the story is, you know, there's no criminal charges. These are all civil cases. Um, I don't think the women are seeking money. I think they're seeking like $500 or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at the least he's admitted, I guess, to seeking masseuses on Instagram, which if you're a pro athlete, there's probably a better way to do this. Um, I don't know. The, the whole thing is really, again, I think we know basically 10% of what's going to end up coming out and, and being the truth. It, it does seem like, and we were actually talking about this before the show, that the idea that the, the opposite, like if this isn't true, the idea that these kind of plots could, that this kind of nefariousness could happen in, in the world is just insane to me. Like once you start walking down that path of like, oh, well, we're going to line these up and accuse folks of, uh, accuse someone of something that they could go to prison for in order to tank his trade value like that just seems so like that's the kind of stuff that seems like it would be on like billions or uh, uh or, some dick wolf stuff this is dick yeah. wolf this is him <laughs> right here it's gonna yeah. be svu by the end of this year you know it will be i mean listen whatever the outcome is it's, it's gonna be horrible because either he did this and obviously that goes without saying and if he didn't i mean how deep does the plot run so it's not going to be pretty no matter, you know, how it ends. Um, but, you know, this story is just basically starting, which is pretty remarkable when you consider all the ridiculous details we know already. Well, you really came in hot with the Deshaun Watson stuff. Uh, it's hard to, it's hard to pivot from that to. Well, it's a tough thing. You know, I, it's one of those things I, 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 I shouldn't say I won't. I mean, maybe at some point I'll write about it, but you have to be super, super careful mm -hmm. writing about that. So, and I usually try to keep things a little light. I mean, I'll go into stuff like that, but um, you know, it's also, I think that's, I think it's a story that's good for pot. I mean, I don't want to use the word good. It's, it's a podcast story more than a, I think a written story. Cause on a pod, there, you can get context and tone. You don't want to sound like you're dismissing anyone Right. Um, so it, writing about it could be a little dicey, but um, it's more of just, you know, again, either way, it's a, it's a really, really horrendous thing that took place. So, yeah. And you said, you said something, I, I, a few, I, I don't know whether it was weeks or months, everything, all the days run, run together over the past 13 months yeah. um, was you were talking, I think it was about how, um, how I think Aaron Rodgers had like basically said like you know le like leaked a little bit himself like made these comments I'm I might be ready to move on I don't know like and a lot of there were reporters that were kind of like shying away from that story and it's like when you have a great story run with it and it's like this is this is going to be you're absolutely right this is going to be the biggest sports story of 2021 it's just a matter of which way it's going to um tilt and in a season where in a season in a year where the nfl just got a 60 billion dollar deal like two days ago that nobody even is talking about um well they got a little i mean 
they, they did get some publicity for that, but that's really an inside media story. I mean, most fans just want to know what channel the game is on or where they can watch the game. And, you know, they don't really get into the minutia of television deals. That's for media nerds like myself and a few others. Um, but listen, I think all NFL fans should pay attention to it because there are going to be new ways to watch some of the games with Thursday night um, going to Amazon Prime only. There'll be no television, no TV, no NFL Network, no Fox. The only way you can watch Thursday night is on Amazon Prime. Um, outside of that, things are mostly the same, though, for NFL fans in terms of their NFL viewing. It's the same, except for we we don't have Sunday Ticket anymore, right? Like this this new well, no. deal is the streaming is taking the place. No, right? no, Sunday Ticket is going to remain on Directv for at least another year, the way it's always been. Their contract, um, for some reason, people don't know if their contract ends after the twenty twenty one season or the twenty twenty two season. It's one That's of those. That's because AT&T customer service has gotten back to nobody. That's why okay. they are the worst. I can't. They're still it. on hold waiting to. <laughs> worst company I've ever dealt with in my life. Um, they will, DirecTV will have exclusive Sunday ticket rights for this upcoming season. Like they've always had, nothing changes there. There's thought that maybe ESPN, ESPN plus will get in the action the following year or two years down the road. A lot of people think DirecTV will keep it. And ESPN Plus or Amazon or Apple will, will have streaming um, in addition to the DirecTV for, you know, their satellite uh, purposes. So Sunday Ticket is still all up in the air right now for the future. This year, it's not up in the air for 2021. It'll be on DirecTV. Uh, you, you said uh, over the past couple of days, you've said that this new deal is bad for fans. Why, why do you feel that way? Well, listen, overall, it's not – I, I don't think I worded that properly. It's it's not bad for fans from the standpoint of the bulk of your games Sunday afternoon are going to be on CBS and Fox and Sunday nights on on NBC. What's concerning for fans is that they are adding in streaming more and more. So if you're an NFL fan, you need to have Amazon Prime this year if you want to watch Thursday night. And everyone says, oh, everyone has Amazon Prime. It's just not true. And it's also not, you know, if someone is older, you want to say maybe 55 and older, 60 and older, they, they don't, they're not going to, a lot of people in that age group don't want to go to Amazon Prime, don't know Amazon Prime, how to stream. And the NFL is also going to put one game, one of the Sunday morning London games is going to be exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. So there's all these new, you know, and every other, now listen, it's worse than other sports. The NHL and um, ESPN just made a deal where 75 exclusive games are going to be on ESPN+. Plus. This is where the problem comes in. I understand everything's moving towards streaming. It's a new world, younger generation. Nobody watches TV. I get it. But you still need cable in addition to all these streaming apps that you're paying subscriptions for. If you don't have cable, you can't watch CBS and Fox and NBC or ESPN for that matter. So you, it's, you're paying double for everything basically at this point. Yeah, my mom, my mom's 80 and she loves football more than any person I know. And I, I there's no way I'm going to be able to explain any and of And the this NFL doesn't care about her. That's what the no. problem is. Don't. Jimmy, I, this is, seems like a completely off the wall question based on what we were just talking about. But in the old days, I used to flip open the sports section and I'd look at the top left and it would tell me what was on television. How do you in 2021 find out what you're watching? Like we got March Madness going on, all the things going right. on. Where do you look right now in 2021? Uh, I mean, you know, luckily it's my job. So I pretty much know what's going on with everything. But 
um, I would imagine you got to just go, you know, go through the guide. There's websites like, you know, Awful Announcing does a good job of giving you like what networks, all the game, you know, every week they do it for college football, college, uh, NFL. I think, you know, they tell you what channel, what time. There's websites out there that do it. Um, normally, I just, you know, go through the guide on my Verizon Fios, but I usually know um, – I mean, like for the tournament, I wouldn't know anything. I'd have to, that's still in your newspaper. That's still, you can get all that online. This, you know, you Google it, it'll come up, no problem. So, well, it's like 506 Sports has made a, has Mm -hmm. made a lifetime, has made a living out of produce, of having those CBS and Fox maps. I don't even know what that site is for other than that. Like, do they have anything else other than those maps that show you where, where the games are being shown? They I'm must, not, right? I'm What's not, on fire? I'm going to check it right now. Yeah, I'm not totally <laughs> sure. I mean, I've only ever used it to check the match. But, I mean, NFL, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm on the mailing list with the network. So, like, Fox sends out an email every week with the games, CBS. So, I, I, that's usually how I know. Yeah, I mean, I was saying somewhat kind of tongue-in-cheek, but I feel like yeah. that was a universal thing that we yeah. had. And now everybody – I mean, I find myself randomly like, oh, I thought I knew what game – or what channel this was on, and you had to go hunt for it. And you're right, for older viewers and yeah. stuff like that. I can tell you from experience at SI, one of the tricks that all the – not all the websites, but a lot of websites do is, that, I mean, they make posts like what channel is so-and-so versus so-and-so because people Google it in, in huge numbers. Yeah. What, what time does the Super Bowl start? Google that and see who yep. has the best SEO yep. work. Yep. Know, <laughs> know all about it. By the way, 506sports.com right now has the wild card schedule and divisional round schedule up on their, on their front page. So that's a, literally all they do is just yep. where and when you can watch that NFL stuff. This is their off season. <laughs> it's true. They're all on vacation right now. Yeah. It's just them in Tahiti. Yep. <laughs> Were you surprised that we didn't see more players other than just – it's the same guy or same, you know, entities other than the addition of Amazon with this uh, TV contract? I was. I Not even just other people. I, I thought there'd be more changes. There was a lot of rumblings about ESPN possibly getting two games a week. I'm very surprised that no network is involved with Thursday night football at all. Um it doesn't sound like from the, you know, when you read the people who really are in the know on this stuff, the John O'Rams, FM Sports Business Journal, it doesn't sound like Apple was a player in, in all this at all, or Google. It sounds like just Amazon. So th- that's surprising to me um, in some way. I was surprised by the length of the deal. They go, th- the new deals go through 2033. Um, so there were some surprising things for sure. Um, you know, I don't know why Turner doesn't get involved in the NFL. They do a good job with the NBA. So, listen, it costs a lot of money. I mean, that, the simplest reason just could be that. I mean, maybe as much money as Apple and Google have, I mean, they just don't want to pay what, you know, the NFL is asking for. We wanted to bring you on. One of the reasons why is to talk about Greg Olson because Greg Olson has obviously just retired a couple of weeks ago, signed a one-day contract. That's the name of our show uh, to retire as the as a Carolina Panther, um, and he had kind of a that natural transition to the booth. And I wanted to ask you what you thought, why you think, what makes a good NFL announcer, and then why why Greg Olson fits into that. Well, what I like, I like analysts who are different and not cookie cutter. I mean, if you're watching the NFL on a Sunday, if you're one of the diehards who are flipping on every game and 
watching, you know, football from 1 p.m. Eastern until, you know, the Sunday night game ends. There are so many analysts you just can't tell apart. They're all just cookie cutter, you know. So the reason why Tony Romo became such a hit from minute one was because he was so different than everyone else. Um, so I like analysts who are a little different, a little off, you know, a little outside the box. And then you just, you want an analyst who's not going to annoy the viewer, who's not going to say stupid thing, who's not just going to be three hours of cliches. I do think, you know, a player like Olsen, who's going to go from the playing field right into the booth um, without any experience. I think it's an interesting, I think they're maybe a little looser than someone who has quote unquote training or, you know, does games on, you know, maybe college first season and executives get their claws into them. Um, so the rawness there is, is appealing. That's, that's like the Romo rawness, right? Like the, like trying to call out the play before it happens. But it doesn't work for everyone. You know, you have to have the personality as well. Um, you know, Drew Brees is going to make the transition as well. He's going to call Notre Dame games for NBC next year, but nobody knows if Drew Brees is going to be a good analyst. No one's ever heard him do it. He's never done it. No one knows if he's going to have chemistry with Mike Tirico. No one knows if he's going to, you know, be loose or if he's going to be bottled up. You don't know until it happens. Same thing with Olsen. I mean, Olsen did a practice game and he got good reviews. So I think that's a good sign. But, you know, you have to see him do it a few times before you can sort of know what he's going to be. All right. Go ahead. I was just going to say, who in the NFL do you think is going to be the next great announcer? Well, I mean, I don't know if he'd want to do it, but I would love to see Brady do it when he retires at age 65. Um, and he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I'd love to see him try to give us some insight into um, what he knows about the game. So I would love to see Tom Brady do it. Um, you know, a guy who doesn't play now, who has a podcast who, I, who, I, who I'm friendly with is Chris Long. I, I wish he would do mm -hmm. it because he's different. He's unique. Um, in terms of, of guys who play, I mean, you know, even, you know, Gronk did studio for Fox and he was great because he was so different. Will networks allow Gronk to go there and analyze a game for three hours? I would say not, but I, fans would love it. I think he'd be great. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that I can think of, but you know, when, when players are players, they're usually, they don't show, um, they usually keep some of the personality uh, inside, but you know, in the booth, you got to be a little more vocal. So, you know, I don't know, Brady, I, Brady would be interesting. He would be, if you tell me anyone is playing now, he'd be the guy I'd want to put in the booth. Do you think there is this sweet spot that we've discovered here with Romo coming out and quickly? Because it feels like there was hesitation to do that initially, but it seems like they're, they, they know the game so well at that time that, that's really, that there's really a sweet spot to hit with them. Well, CBS deserves credit for that because it was an unorthodox move and they were fully behind it. They thought Romo was going to be great. They had no hesitation and they turned out to be right. Um, and what's happened because of that is – there's nobody who likes to copy more than NFL than sports TV people. So because Romo was able to go from the field and he didn't just, Romo didn't just keep in mind, he didn't go from the field to the booth. He went from the field to the number one broadcast team on CBS. He wasn't doing the fourth game of the week with the, you know, the Bengals against the, you know, Jaguars. 
to like 6% of the country. He was doing the number one game every week. So now, of course, every network thinks they can do that. The ESPN tried it with Jason Witten, ended up being a complete disaster. NBC is going to try it with Breeze. Yes, everyone has wanted Peyton Manning for years. Peyton Manning has never called a football game. So it's a crapshoot, and um, you never know how fans are going to react. But, you know, it, this, it, the one year it worked with Romo, it was, it was the complete opposite with Jason Witten. Have you had Romo on the media podcast? I have not. CBS uh, doesn't really let him do podcasts, unfortunately. Because mm, you, you would just that? be calling out your questions before they happen. <laughs> ah, Jimmy, I don't know. Uh... I've, I've interviewed him in person at Media Days, um, but he has not been on the podcast. If you notice, like, I don't think he's done any podcasts ever, basically. Who's well, your, you know, on the phone interviews. But... Who's your favorite podcast guest that you've had on the media podcast? Um, geez, it's a tough one. Um, we ask the tough questions here. We don't sugarcoat it. Yeah. Then, <laughs> I mean, maybe Steve Carell. <gasps> mm. I mean, just because it's Steve Carell, the sports, you know, that's, you know, the sports ones, I, I enjoy the people I know who I have just regular conversations with more than like the Q and A, Q and A, Q and A. So, um, those are always good, but if, if, if I had to pick one, I guess I would say Steve Carell. Do you think that you, like, are you looking forward to doing them in person or are you, do you, do you enjoy the idea? Like I'm wearing shorts right now and like, I, like I, I have, I mean, I'll put on jeans every now and then, but like, I'm, I'm good on that. Like the idea yeah. that we need to like get back in a studio and I love Nikki and Colin, but like. I, uh, I tweeted the other day that, because, you know, everyone was sort of, and this is not the right word to use, but I'll just use it, celebrating the one-year anniversary of the pandemic. And I've worn pants. And when I say pants, I mean something other than sweats or shorts. Twice in the past 365 days. And both times they were for funerals. <laughs> if I didn't have two funerals, I never would have worn anything other than sweats or shorts for the past 360. So it's going to be rough when I've got to go back to the office. Um, you know, listen, it's always better to interview someone in person. Always. 100%. It, that's always better. But Zoom has made it, Zoom has narrowed the gap. Because before the pandemic, I was doing interviews just over the phone where you didn't see the other person. And those are hard to do. But with Zoom, you see the person. And that's almost like in person. So um, Zoom has made, I feel like, podcasts a lot better. Yeah, not. I, I don't disagree. I mean, like we, we would not be talking to you right now if not for zoom. Like I, I assume you would not have flown from New York to Charlotte for this, for this 30 minute segment. <laughs> Maybe not during the pandemic. I would yeah. have to say. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, never say never for next yeah. year. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see you in 2022. What, what's the vibe in Charlotte for the Panthers? Like, are they ever, does everyone love Matt rule? <laughs> well, uh, I, yes, people are very, people are very, uh, are bullish on Matt rule. They are very, uh, unhappy with the way a lot of Panthers fans are very unhappy with the end of the Cam Newton era. Right. Um, and the way that Matt rule, um, spoke about Cam Newton before he was released. Um, so that has kind of led to a weird, um, a, a weird year. Like this was going to be a weird year, no matter what, but you basically, you put Teddy Bridgewater in a scenario where he couldn't succeed. And he was going to follow the most popular player in 
not only franchise history, but Charlotte sports history. And uh, a lot of Panther fans kind of feel like the rug was pulled out from under them and they didn't really get a chance to like celebrate Cam Newton. So I think it's taking a little bit of time to get used to it. Um, And then obviously, you know, you bring in a tight end like Dan Arnold and uh, it's going to really invigorate the fan base. And the whole thing before the, before the whole stuff here with the masseuses, the whole thing with Cam, um, Deshaun Watson for Christian McCaffrey was, was a fake rumor, right? That wasn't a real thing. Well, uh, I think we actually have to take responsibility for that. On oh, that was podcast. you guys? Well, we, we, we just floated it as an idea on the podcast. Like, would you give up, you know? Our- and people ran with that. Well, they, wow. they ran with David. So David Newton, who's like our ESPN reporter, yeah. put out a – I think it was like a – they had to do like a bold predictions. And I yeah. believe his exact words were, they want to trade for Deshaun Watson. They may go as far as trading three first-round picks and Christian McCaffrey. And then that was just to the moon from there. So it was like that, that – and then it was like ESPN is quoting him as saying it and like – it was on the bottom line, and it's I mean, just that would be great for the NFL if that happened. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, it's just more more attention, right? Like it's yeah. guys switching teams. Trades are fun. I wish there would be more trades. Absolutely, that's the one thing the NFL. You know, it's the, maybe one flaw with the NFL: not enough trades for sure. And you know, if yeah, like Christian McCaffrey for Deshaun Watson. I mean, that would that would generate content for days. Yeah. The. Yeah. Uh, What's your who's your go to in uh on WWE Monday? I know you're a big WWE fan. Nikki is as well. So you guys can go back and forth. I know Nikki watches it every Monday. My roommate My roommate <laughs> watches it every Monday and there's something that comes on Wednesday and there's something that comes on Friday. I'm yeah. just here in the house. But I do I, see it. I I've watched it a, a lot less during the course of the pandemic because you know, you think sports have suffered without fans in the stands? I mean, the WWE, I mean, the fans need to be in the stands. It's very hard to watch without the fans in the stands. It takes a lot away from the product. Yeah, uh, the the Royal Rumble. So, like, I watched it via Zoom with some friends, including Nikki's roommate. Weird how you guys have a one-bedroom and still refer to roommates, but whatever. <laughs> um, uh, uh, when, like, not hearing the crowd chant, 30, 29, 28. It's just not as fun. Like it's just, you feel a lot lamer when you watch it than you did with the crowd going crazy. I I agree. I agree. They're going to have WrestleMania is in a couple of weeks. They're going to have fans there. We'll see how that goes. Hopefully it goes well. Um, Are they having a lot of fans? Is it, it's in Florida, I would imagine. Yeah. I, Tampa. I want to say like, yeah, it's in Tampa. I think it's like 20 or 20. No, I shouldn't say because I don't know. It's not going to be a full stadium. It's but less it's- than the NFL had for the Super Bowl at Tampa. I oh, okay. I think it is mm-hmm. less than that. Yeah. Sounds lame. And Charlotte has COVID, so all kinds of bad things. Uh, Jimmy, you know, uh, you're you're obviously you're very in sports media. Do you think? How do you think? We'll we'll let you go with this question. How do you think that sports media is going to change coming out of the Zoom era? It's a good question. Um, you know, listen, I think if, listen, if we ever, if this pandemic ever ends, if COVID ever goes, I think things will be mostly the way they were beforehand. I don't think you're going to, I think you're going to see companies, I think a lot of companies, and this just goes for outside of sports, have realized they can function with people working from home and they could save money on office space and save money on 
um, some other things. Um, I mean, I know for me, my life is totally changed by not having to commute into Manhattan every day. And I think if, you know, companies will see you have happier employees, more productive employees. So I, you know, I think, but in terms of how people cover it, you know, listen, they're going to have as many people at the Super Bowl as they've always had. They'll have as many media members at the final four as they've always had. Um, you know, maybe they try to cut on the day to day of 162 game baseball season in terms of sending reporters to the stadium. But I think post pandemic, it'll go back to a lot of the way it was. Give us a food rack for Manhattan since you're not going in there every, like, what are you missing? Well, it's funny. So I'm going into Manhattan Thursday, day after tomorrow for my second vaccine shot um, at the Congrats. Thank you. And um, I'm actually going with a coworker and I texted him a couple of hours ago and I said, we're going to Joe's pizza after the shots. Cause I haven't had there that since the pandemic started. Um, my favorite pizza place in, in Manhattan by far is Joe's. So, I'll be making an appearance there. But what I always say, I talk about this maybe on my podcast or something when someone says like, what do you miss? Or what can't you wait to do? Like I miss going to a good steakhouse. So I'll do that a couple of weeks um, after I'm vaccinated. I'm a big Benjamin steakhouse. I lived in New York for a couple of years. So that was oh. always my like treat, treat place. I don't think Benjamin's. I've ever been to Benjamin's. Oh, it's good. It's like very, it has that like old school feel of like right. wood and it's dark and it's where very it? like. Where is it? It's like right in Midtown. It's like 40, okay. 40, 40th and oh. Lex, maybe somewhere in there. Now okay. we're just, now this is the kind of stuff that four people are going to appreciate. Benjamin. I have a great way to Gastonia shirt on. I don't know what in the world y'all are talking about. <laughs> I'm putting it on the radar though. That's it was, it's the top two steaks I've ever had in my life. I ha- had it and I was like, that's the best steak I've ever had. And then I had another one and I was like, that was better than the first time. So interesting interesting all right i'll have to check it out all right i look forward to your review uh jimmy where can people find you on the internet i'm sorry nikki i'm stealing all your lines that's okay go for it si.com train of thoughts si media podcast that's basically twitter at jimmy trainer that's it i don't know if i'll be found right now (laughs) (laughs) it's true none of us do none of us do it's very true days where you just don't want to be found <laughs> on, on the internet. <laughs> well, Jimmy, we'll let you go. We know you got to bounce. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, bud. Appreciate Take it. Care. Stay safe. Okay, boys, it's just us now. We're back. Uh, we're like back. we're just seamlessly. We don't even need to edit this guy. It is. No. It is going to be bonkers, except for all the editing that I got to do at the beginning. But other than that, where I no, was super negative. We're, we're leaving just, it. We're leaving bounce. it all in. Just and you, and you said the thing about the guy. Yeah, no, no, no. The thing about the guy and his hair. Woo! Yikes! <laughs> Not leaving that in. But we're other leaving, than that, leaving it all in. Let's leaving do it. it all in. Back to free agent signing from from having a National Sports Illustrated uh, guest to talking about Morgan Fox, defensive <laughs> lineman for the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> I was going to skip him because I forgot yeah, no, we needed to talk to him. I, I think he's honestly, I think that he is more of a, well, just real quick. He's like, Steve, he is more like Steven Weatherly than anybody else because they, he was a guy that was playing behind a super talented defensive tackle in Aaron Donald. who was getting mm-hmm. kind of the, and so they're betting on him being able to produce in 
extended stats the same way that he was able to produce in um, in uh, in reduced snaps in LA. You don't view him. I thought he was going to be the new FA. Actually, I, I think I, I agree with you. I don't. I, I guess my I, what I was saying was like the Weatherly, like kind of that, like, hey, here's a guy that that seemed like he would popped on film. Let's get him in. Let's maybe. I think they maybe overpaid him a little bit. Whatever. But like, here's a young guy that popped on film. Let's see what he can do. And it didn't work out with Weatherly. Hopefully, it'll work out with Fox in Carolina. But yeah, he can play inside. He can play outside. They still desperately need another defensive tackle. Desperately, desperately, desperately. Do you think do you think KK is just sitting there? Do you think there's a number that they all have that they have in mind? Is that what we're waiting on? Or do you think it is him, or do you think? I think it's him. I think I think he's. I think he. It's just a matter of time because I, I think that if he was going to sign somewhere else, he would have already done it. So that that's that's kind of where I'm at. I think they're they're either holding that spot for him, or he's going to be back soon. Because I don't even – given his injury history, even if you add just him at defensive tackle, I don't know that you still feel good about your defensive tackle rotation, right? No. I Is it is it a weird feeling that, like, I think it's okay if you don't feel great about some of the spots on this team? Like, there's still – I know every team, everybody on the field has got to be an all-pro, but, like, this is still a rebuilding team, and especially if they're going to have maybe a rookie quarterback starting, like – you have some holes on the defensive line like you have some holes on the defensive line like I don't I don't think they're they're not they're not competing for the Super Bowl anyway so I, I said it last year and nobody cared when they went three and two people were buying tickets to uh Tampa so I, I think that this well, is a rebuilding team Christian McCaffrey got hurt so you know just it's a good point it's a good point do we want to talk about anything that Jimmy talks about I know he just jumped right to Morgan Fox but like I like Anything to uh, anything to now that he's not here anymore? I mean, I, talk, talk crap about him now that he's gone. Find his <laughs> like, what do you mean? No, I don't know. Like, I was just thinking, like, he we like hung up with him, and then we were just like, and here's Morgan Fox. Like, I don't know. Is there <laughs> more, we, more Manhattan Steakhouse talk or something? Or do we you? need to reset it? Yeah, more recaps. I'll just talk about uh, the Chinatown <laughs> places that I like. What other meals did you have a decade ago that you really liked? In the oh, era? my God. If you guys – like, honestly, the the steak at Benjamin's is, like, what I've been looking – like, what I've been thinking about. When they when they announced the Giants on the schedule, I was like, oh, man, we are going back there. Pandemic's going to be over, and I'm going to get in there probably at, like, 11 p.m. for, like, a New York City dinner, and I'm going to eat a steak for just myself, and it's going to cost so much – a stupid amount of money, and I'm not going to tell my wife about how much it costs because 90% vegetarian – and uh, she can she can hear me. She's right there. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that steak. That's it. <laughs> That's all you so, got. So yes, you did want to talk about some steak <laughs> yeah. and a little bit more. <laughs> Just making sure we got all of it in. No, I thought it was interesting. The um, the the obviously the Sean stuff was interesting, but I thought it was interesting what he was saying about um, the the NFL just kind of moving on from like. They're just they're, they're The money is so important to them that they're kind of moving past what the fans care about. Yeah. And um, I, I just I had never really thought about it that way because I cut the cord. So like to me, the idea that it's on Amazon Prime is just like yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Cool, like easy peasy. But I never thought about uh, your mom trying to watch Amazon Prime. Like she's just not watching that game, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the things I think is interesting. There's a, there's a lot of talk about how is this kind of fractured, but when they say it's fractured, it's gone to Peacock, which is owned by NBC and Paramount CBS. Right. So like 
even though like to me and, and Jimmy didn't see it the same way. Like, I don't think, I don't think Sunday tickets existing beyond next year. And they've given, instead of it being like over here, you have CBS and Fox and over here you have direct TV and, and Sunday ticket. They own it all now. And to his point, now we are, a lot of us are going to be paying double for that. So it, it really, it's going to be interesting to see how it, how it shakes out. Is, every, is everyone in America just going to be fine paying double for their football now? Yeah. I guess. Aren't, isn't that what we all, what we're all doing? It was like, we're, I'm not going to have cable. I'm going to save so much money. And then it's like, well, I do have to have Netflix and HBO Max and Hulu. And then I also like the show that's on Paramount Plus, And then also Peacock with no commercials. Plus I got to watch Ted Lasso. Everybody says Ted Lasso is really good. And I got to, I want to have ESPN Plus because I want to get that recruiting info. You get the bundle because it's with, it's with Disney Plus and Hulu. So it's a really good point. Well. And also like, I mean, I, 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 I didn't think that I wanted to watch Raya the Last Dragon, but it's like, like it's only 30 bucks and like i mean am i going out anyway so i may as well and i'm a almost a 40 year old adult i can pay to watch an animated movie sure <laughs> didn't we think it would be more elegant at this point though like for all the talk like you turn a cable box on that thing's on and it works and the game is there most 99.9 percent .9 of the time and it is the other options just still are not elegant at all yeah, I'll tell you what, Renee and I went away for uh, my lovely wife, Renee, and I went away for a couple of days this past weekend. And the they had cable in the hotel where we were staying. And it was like, and it was 1030, the Hornets were playing on the West Coast. And I was like, oh, they're just on. There it is, like right there on the guide. Just click. I'm on. No need to go to NBAstreams.to and maybe buffer. Well, and, and, you know, don't, don't let me, you know, pat them on the back too much. It's not like they could put all of the March Madness channels together for you. No, no, they're still spread apart, but they're there. It's true. It is true. Did we talk about all the free agents? Did we miss any? I think we got them all. Uh, we got them all. I think so. Yeah. Oh, Hi, David. Rashawn. We're sorry. Yeah, sorry. We did talk about Rashawn, although meanly but we talked about him uh david moore do you do colin do you think that he is like a like for like replacement of curtis samuel or do you think it's just like a wide receiver depth guy and yeah yeah i don't think they i think i think the the replacement for samuel this year will end up being mccaffrey i don't think it's more um i think he's just another body and i, I don't think they're necessarily gonna shop for anything more but i wouldn't be surprised if they found themselves somebody on day three of the draft for for another yeah. wide receiver Everybody wants in the draft Amari Rogers from Clemson. Sure. Why not? All right. I, by the way, I teed that guy up for you and you knocked it out of the park. Like if you hadn't said McCaffrey is Curtis Samuel's replacement, it was coming <laughs> right. It was coming down the pike in the next sentence. So that's why that's see, that's why we're a good podcasting trio because we, we throw stuff up there. We ride the wagon of hope all the way to best podcaster awards. It's beautiful. Nikki and I keep the plates from crashing. That's what we do. That's right. <laughs> That's right. She's got to make room for the big dog. Got to have some steak the, on them plates. Just for the big dog on his wagon of hope. <laughs> it's true. Dragging my wagon of hope. <laughs> you guys know the drill. You know where to find us. Nikki704, Josh Klein rules, Colin CLT. This has been One Day Contract, part of the right That's network. Great. It we'll starts see you with an episode. earthquake, birds and snakes, an airplane. Lenny Bruce is not afraid.